Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodies, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? Is our country burning, foodies? Oh, why am I going so dark off the bat? I don't know, because I am recording this in the past. Either way, I just want things to get back to normal. Ooh, real hot take there, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> what is normal? Obviously, there needs to be some pro- progress as well. Uh, I'm, that's as political as far as I'm going to go and, uh, forget even me and my industry, you know, uh, video production just via this podcast. I've, I've talked with so many terrific people and people that are struggling in the food service industry. And so I just really hope that gets addressed and so many other things, but, um, yeah, Hey, Let's get to today's episode. I talked to yet another terrific person in this industry, Nick Rhoda, the owner of Subculture Sandwich Shop here in Jersey City. Subculture is everything Foodie Films is all about. You can't go wrong at Subculture because you walk into this place and it's movie posters galore, TV posters, all pop culture, subculture. You get it, right? And... Every the menus are awesome. They're also they're in trapper keepers. This place is just pop culture, and I think Nick and I are right around the same age, so it is everything right up my alley. And I, I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. It was uh, it's a place I've ordered from a bunch of times, and it was great to finally sit down and and get to know Nick. And I really enjoyed his story. Another Jersey guy just like me, but, you know, born and raised in Jersey City. I've had a few of those guys on on this podcast already, but it's just it's just great because you hear his story and it's different than everyone else's I've talked to. And that, that's what makes the world go round, folks. So without further ado, oh, and, uh, you know, obviously it was Election Day yesterday, but it was also National Sandwich Day. So what a perfect day, the day after, for an episode about a sandwich place to come out. So hope you all had a happy National Sandwich Day. And like I was about to say, without further ado, here I go talking with Nick Rhoda of Subculture. So I'm part of a podcast network called the Cage Club Podcast Network. That sounds familiar. And all, I feel like you might know the guy, Joey Lewandowski, who's in charge of it. I, I feel like he's been... Yeah, that name sounds familiar too, yeah. Yeah. But... um. 
Yeah, so uh, that all stemmed from him and uh, a friend of mine from college, Mike Manzi. They started a podcast called Cage Club where they talked all the oh. films of Nicolas Cage. Yes, yes, yes. I know yes. Who, exactly who you're talking about. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And so, um, and then from there, a high school buddy of mine that, I mean, we're still, he's one of my best friends. Mm. And we were like, we just talk movies all the time. So let's, let's make a podcast yeah. and to keep in tradition of them talking an actor and their work. We did a podcast called P.S. I Love Hoffman, where we call, where we talked about all the films of the late great actor, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I've seen that. Yeah, who's, yeah, my, yeah. who's my favorite actor. And then no, he's, uh, a, he's a great actor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, but we knew, obviously, there was a finite amount. A lot. I mean, it was like yeah. 54 feature films, 52. Yeah, feature he films. had a, a big catalog yeah, considering. Big, yeah, know. considering like, I mean, at least like 25 years in the industry. But after that, uh, we were both like, oh, we'll do like our own podcast. So he does one called High School Slumber Party, where he talks all films that take place during high school. Okay. So I actually guess it on the most recent uh, episode, which we talked the film Election. Very appropriate. Oh, that's very a, appropriate. That's a, that's, a, that's a great movie. That's one of my mother's favorite movies. Oh, actually. really? Oh, yeah, such a yeah. Good movie. And then... Uh, yeah, and then I've got I've got foodie films. Yeah. So that started out talking food centric movies, and now I get to talk, you know, that's pretty the, cool. These man. first yeah. cut episodes with people such as yourselves that work in the industry. So you know, let's uh, jump right into it. Nick, thank you so much for being on Foodie Films. Thank you for having me, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, well, for the foodies out there, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell them who you are, what you're doing, all that good stuff. I'm Nick Rhoda. I'm born and raised in Jersey City. I own Subculture in downtown Jersey City. Um, it was established in uh, April of 2018. Uh, so the basic concept of subculture is subs and culture. So we combined uh, two of my favorite things, sandwiches and pop culture. So if you've ever been to subculture, it is a pop culture theme. Um, so anything 80s and 90s. So like it kind of reflects my own personality and what you grew up with. Yeah, what I grew up with. Like, if you come in, there's a bunch of movie posters. Uh, we play old school 80s and 90s movies. Um, all the sandwich uh, names are inspired by like 80s and 90s films and TV. And like I said, this is like a one stop shop for any sandwich you can think of. If you can think of a sandwich, <laughs> we probably have it on the menu. I mean, the name is appropriate. Let's just start there. You've got, uh, you know, subs. So for those of you that aren't from the Jersey area and even not even like, I, I almost like said tri-state, but even around us, then you go to South Jersey and it's in Philly, it's hoagies. Yes. I guess it's, I mean, it's subs, it's heroes in yeah, the even city, in, right? Even in the Midwest, they call them like grinders. grinders. Yeah, yeah. There's just different names, different yeah. places. So, I mean, obviously subculture, that is a word of its own. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what you what I mean with movies with so many things there's just people that really get into something yeah so like there's subgenres subgenres exactly yeah. so it's already it, it works perfectly as a name of its own mm -hmm. and then what we call sandwiches around here mm -hmm. and then just the culture like you said culture of film tv mm -hmm. pop culture yes yeah, so and like, you know that's what that. we try and hit all the subgenres here like if you come in we have posters of sports films there's um, music CD covers, there's wrestling. We try and hit all, all the different things. There's advertisements from like the 70s and 80s yeah. from magazines, so. It's awesome. Yeah. So let's go back to the beginning. You said you grew up in Jersey City. Mm -hmm. What was that like? What were you eating growing up? Who was cooking? 
All right, so I grew up in a big Italian family, so like I grew up around food. Like I grew up in the restaurant industry, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my family has always owned restaurants. Uh, our first restaurant was in the Greenville section, actually, um, on Pacific Avenue. Like uh, it's a still a restaurant now. It's like right off the light rail. It's right next to the light rail on mm -hmm. Pacific Avenue. Um, it, it's like a Latin inspired place now. I don't know the name of it actually, but that was our first place. But we've had places all around downtown Jersey City. Uh, our biggest places were first in Brunswick, it was downtown Eddie's, it was a pizza place. Mm -hmm. And then we had an Italian restaurant on uh, where Worst Bar is now. Okay. And that was called the Mixed Grill. Nice. Um, right. So right around 9-11, we had to shut down because the economy just wasn't good. And now this was my own opportunity to have a place and we opened this. But growing up, yeah, like I said, my mom, my uncles, my grandma, that's how I learned how to cook. They were always cooking. In my family, you're either a cook or you're a teacher. And before <laughs> this, I was a teacher, so I was oh, lucky okay. enough to do both. There you go. That's pretty yeah. cool. Now all you need to do is uh, teach a cooking class. And you'll, exactly. That'll be, the, that'll be a turkey. <laughs> the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with all that, I mean, with, I mean, I, Let's face it, I, I, I'm, I'm from Jersey, I'm part Italian, having a podcast about food. I've talked with a lot of Italian-Americans. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're gonna find up here. I call myself the uh, the like the holy trinity of like, I'm Irish, Italian, and German, which is just, I feel like the, you yeah. know, boom, boom, boom of the Caucasian. I got two thirds <laughs> of that, I'm Irish and Italian. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just growing up around that food, I mean, what were you, what were you seeing? Were you cooking yourself or were you just like? Yeah, so like, I mean, uh, I guess out of the womb, you learn how to cook sauce, right? So like if you're Italian uh, or like the meatball recipe, uh, you know, uh, any of the sauces, chicken franchise, chicken marsala. Like you, I grew up in the industry. I made my first pizza at like five years old, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, so you're you're always learning. And like I said, like my uncles are were chefs in, in New York City and they've worked at like high profile places or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. I worked alongside them. So you pick up things like I've worked in the restaurant business, like I said, like as far back as I can remember. So I've done every job you could imagine from dishwasher to cook to waiter to busboy. Yeah. So I, I've got a little bit of experience in everything. Which is important. I mean, that's also uh, recently I talked with, uh, there's this movie that uh, came out during the pandemic called uh, From the Vine. And it's uh, a film starring Joe Pantoliano. Okay. Joey Pants, as we as we call yeah. him here, and uh, and it's you know long story short, he uh, was born in Italy, immigrated to America, then he's like living up in Canada because that's where his wife is from, and he kind of has more past a midlife crisis, but mm -hmm. decides to leave like a you know a decent job that he has in Canada and goes back to his hometown in Italy and. Just, yeah, like is questioning just like some decisions he's been making mm -hmm. in, his, in his life. And his grandfather ran a vineyard. And it's a, it's a really good movie. I highly recommend you rent it on like Amazon for $6 or something like that. But um, but I talked with the director. Okay. And so just talking with him and I, that's my main source of income. I'm a freelance videographer. And so I've worked on different productions. And there's just always this correlation between food or like, you know, kitchen culture and then video production mm -hmm. and that there's just so many different people working on the same thing and contrib contributing so much and then you get this one finalized product. it's like a dance you yeah know, when you're in the kitchen like uh, it has to be like a well-oiled machine everything has to work together to get the food out on time it's all about timing so yeah. you know so 
I mean, it's really important to have communication. And like, I think that's why like coming from being a teacher, coming into the, the cooking world, like organization and timing and stuff like that kind of helps you in the kitchen as well. Oh, definitely. I'm sure. Like, I mean, I talk these two things and I compare them a lot because that's what I know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's that way in so many industries. But that's like, I just think of it also then from like the creative end, of course. But ultimately, uh, why I'm saying all this is because like you're saying, you worked all those different positions, mm -hmm. all, like it makes you then appreciate. And then once you are, once you're the boss, yeah, you get you get that as far as even then like timing and knowing like this is going to take this long. So I got to give them this time. It's just that time management. And it's just that it's how you become a good leader. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you know, you've been in those positions, you know how hard it is if you get in the weeds or somebody's, you know, kind of overwhelmed, you know how to talk them off the ledge, you know what I mean? I mean, in this business, like I, I worked a lot for family, but I also worked for other people. And sometimes you have crummy bosses, you know, and I said when I had my own place, I wasn't going to be like those old school owners who yeah. were rough and tough or whatever. <laughs> like you need more nice people in our industry. So like when I said I had my own place, I was going to try and be like a nicer owner and like hopefully be, you know, uh, you know, more relatable to my staff. Yeah, exactly. Not for, not someone that they fear approaching when there's... Exactly. My, like my door is always open kind yeah. of thing, you know. That's like great. you could always come to me if you have any trouble or any questions, yeah. stuff like that. Now, having grown up in Jersey City, see, I've only lived here for a little over two years, mm -hmm. lived in Hoboken right before then, but I grew up in Bergen County, which I feel like mm -hmm. I, that's a common transplant. It's either yeah. it's either that, which I mean, that's the whole thing. Like when my family immigrated here from Germany, Ireland, and Italy, everyone, I don't think anyone lived in the city. It was all Jersey City, Hoboken, Weehawken, and then they started doing the suburb. Then you got like to Teaneck, Paramus, mm -hmm. and then even deeper into Bergen County. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I came back here because I'm just, I'm someone that I like to be able to walk to things and mm -hmm. I like having options. And that's what this city has. You're in the right city now. Right, in the yeah, right city. Yeah. Well, the right city now. So growing up, like, I mean, what have you seen change? Just, to, I mean, you can say any kind of change, even wrong, good, but specifically also food as well. I mean, back in the day, the options were, were limited to maybe, you know, a couple of Italian places, Chinese food, and maybe like a fried chicken place. <laughs> but I mean, over the last ten, five, 10 years, the explosion yeah. of food in downtown Jersey City, now it's spreading out to the Greenville section, the heights of all of these different places and all of these different options, which is great for the city. And I mean, even the infrastructure itself, like um, our mayor has really like made it accessible for like walking with the pedestrian walkways and easy for biking and trying yeah. to make the city a little more green and stuff like that. So we're, you know, where it's becoming a, a little better place to live because back in the day it was a little more rough and tough and had that Jersey edge to it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it still does, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's on the, the up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I feel like more or less, and yes, this is coming from a white guy, but like it, it's, in the spectrum of gentrification towards the better end. I mean, it, the beauty you know? of Jersey City, like always, is like it's the most diversified city on the East Coast. Yeah. So like it's we're, always it's always one of the most diverse. It's like this Houston, like it's yeah. Like, like you know. I mean, right now we're number one. I mean, okay. we're like a, a melting pot. Yeah. So like that's like growing up, like you 
become kind of like colorblind to everything because you're growing up at all these different races and stuff so yeah. i mean it's it's great in that sense and like now it's becoming like you know good for families mm -hmm. and like you feel a little more safer i mean because like i said back in the day it was a little more rough and tough but yeah. you know you grow along with the times you know yeah i mean we're here your place is on newark ave which is one of the main roads in the city and just a few blocks from where i mean when they started doing block by block of clo closing it off so they mm -hmm. have a nice area for seating you yeah know. i mean it's kind of controversial uh in a sense with some of the people because it takes away parking and stuff takes away parking must make it hard for deliveries yeah. yeah so i mean in that sense i mean maybe they could tweak it a little <laughs> bit you know yeah but i mean i think overall it's good for the city it's good for the businesses yeah so i mean and like jersey city is big with supporting local and small businesses so like that helps so if you're listening out there people try and be a little you know considerate now especially during the pandemic times that we need a little more space uh yeah. to for the social distancing and all that stuff so just try and be a little patient with us and 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 support us <laughs> yeah so how yeah i mean the pandemic how that's one of you know starting this i i had it was weird i had a bunch of episodes um backlogged mm -hmm. right around the beginning of the pandemic so like i i you know spoke with uh like chef claude lewis of uh, freetown road project oh and uh, i i know i know him yeah and uh evan santiago of uh hybrid coffee and kitchen that's up in the heights and he has like oh uh, he comes in here as yeah. well yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> it's I, like, all connected yeah those were all like, those were like two local guys i had on and then just a few other episodes and i started it was weird because like i then wasn't talking with anybody i'm sure it would have been tough to have people on in the beginning because no one wanted to be you know yeah there was no testing you couldn't you know be safe being you know in the same room with like it wasn't, someone, the know. information wasn't out there exactly but um so I, I have this podcast about you know food and yes you know there's movie episodes but then there's these episodes mm -hmm. and this is an industry that has been severely hurt by it so i mean how how, how have you guys been doing I mean, luckily, we were able to stay open throughout the whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, through that, a lot of places closed because you want to keep your staff safe. And and everybody was unsure of what to do. There wasn't a lot of information out there or whatever. And luckily, a lot of my staff is family. We're a family-run business. So yeah. throughout the whole pandemic, me and my mother and me and my aunt stayed here and we really were able to build our pickup, our takeout, and our delivery business while other people were closed, and that exposed us to a whole different clientele. So that really was a major boost for that part of our business. But um, with the lack of indoor dining, that that hurts. And like we had a great catering, corporate catering, into New York City. So with New York City being closed down, mm -hmm. that took away a big chunk of our business. But like I said, like with the deliveries and pickup and everybody's been so great and and supportive, we're doing as good as we could do for right now. Yeah. I mean, considering how many other businesses struggled and have closed down, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, we're in a good position where, knock on wood, we are looking like we are going to survive this thing. 
that's I mean that's great to hear because yeah. like you said, unfortunately a lot of people haven't had that same experience. I mean you, you you know you come into here and you do you do have you know seats inside. It is an experience to eat in here with all the posters and I'm sure obviously when you have movies playing and music playing, you, you guys hold events here. Mm-hmm. So like that obviously hasn't been a part of it right now. Yeah, and I mean I, and I, we're. It's a big family place because we have free video games for the kids to play. So mm-hmm. you can come in here as a family. Kids can sit, play games. Parents could sit, eat their food in peace. Like you, don't, you don't know how many times the parents come in here and be like, oh my god, this is great. The kids are over there. Yeah, they're having fun, and we're sitting here in peace and able to have a dinner. You don't know how long it's been since we were able to go out and have a dinner yeah. on our own. So like now, like families you, you don't want to take that risk of going out yeah. so that that hurts in a sense but people are still ordering people for delivery so yeah i mean uh i so i um i'd be remiss if i didn't say this to you i even still work random days at uh, my first job ever in my hometown was at a deli and the video industry has been slow so <laughs> i've been working some days there mm-hmm. and they definitely they were they, they were struggling a little bit because I really wasn't working there. They need my help during uh, the first like three, four months or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it being you guys being a sandwich place, that definitely has to make it a little easier compared to some other restaurants mm-hmm. as far as, you know, you take a you take a sandwich to go. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you want to eat it as soon as possible in most cases. Yeah. But. I mean, it. I, I think we have it a little easier than like your sit down like a five-star restaurant yeah. or any place like that um because yeah we're a you know takeout kind of place um i mean we did have good indoor dining before because like i said this place is the is about the aesthetics and the appearance and the atmosphere yeah but um yeah i think that that makes it a little easier because you could come in grab a sandwich and take it home you know what i mean and, yeah or grab a couple of sandwiches and have it for later yeah so like and i think the the business is gonna change in that sense because i don't know if we're gonna get back to people coming in and eating so i think the wave of the future might be more of a grab and go type situation Mm -hmm. and i mean being sandwiches how how do you how, like obviously people were taking them to go from the beginning, but how do you look at that as far as like trying to make you know make a sandwich that's as fresh as possible or just like keeps its uh, what I usually say like I say this a lot for pizza that it loses its integrity as soon as it's put in the box you know sometimes yeah. I mean uh, delivery is always tough you know sure, I mean yeah. you want to like. Uh, I mean, it's good because now, like, uh, the big thing when you do get catering orders or whatever, it's, like, individual packing. So, like, in that sense, it makes it easier because of sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And, like, a a good rule of thumb, if you are going to order for delivery and you are going to save it for later and not eat it right away, ask for, like, say, mayo and oil and vinegar on the the side side, so it doesn't get soggy. So, like, any kind of dressings on the side, stuff like that. So it holds up a little better. I think there's some common sense that comes along with that. I mean, a lot of of the thing is, like... um, French fries not holding up on delivery, yeah. but there's steam, you know. Yeah, and exactly. It's gonna be tough. You know? Yeah, you know, you know, and exactly. that's that's the one thing I'm always trying to like perfect because like you know. <laughs> that would be like a major find of just like the best way to yeah. keep fries like as you know like. I think I might have found a container, uh-huh. but uh, I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> keep that to myself. The right secrets now. right now yeah. in the industry. Um, yeah, I. Uh, 
like I, I think people need to be using common sense and also like right now during this time there has to be also that level of like forgiveness and i hope you guys haven't experienced this but you've i've heard some people dealing with you know like when it comes to like yelp reviews and it's like why are people being assholes right now i mean you know? it's been very few but there have been some people yeah. and it's like dude we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah. like i mean and like uh some of it has been like oh a driver's not wearing a mask this and that but like we're using third-party carriers like yeah. they're not our drivers so like complain to grubhub or complain to uber like that's not on us like you're giving us a one or two star review for a driver not wearing a mask but like when they come and pick up the food they're wearing a mask yeah so like i, I mean i can't do anything once they leave here you yeah know? exactly i mean we're taking all the precautions like when when the pandemic first happened like when you came in the door we had everything six feet apart with the tables mm -hmm. and a good pickup area and even now like if you come up to the register we have the plexiglass we have dividers in between our tables uh we sanitize everything is we have sanitizer at our door at the counter so we're trying to do everything to keep our customers safe you know so yeah. like if stuff like that like is out of our control you know mm -hmm. but again you should have a little more patience because it is a pandemic and a lot of times like which I, people don't realize when you go shopping for like inventory or the food, like stuff is at sh is short, you know, yeah. like stuff is running out and like uh, uh, really with soda and like canned goods, like you can't find certain sodas, you can't find certain stuff in cans. Like yeah. there's just a shortage right now. So it's, it's tough to produce the product, but we're doing our best, you know, so <laughs> be patient and be, you know, be understanding. I went grocery shopping yesterday at ShopRite, a huge supermarket. They're out of red uh, red pepper flakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, but that's that's what's going on right now. Just because yeah. it's, uh, you know, like it's a it's a learning curve. Yeah, for I mean, so many. I just think because like we live in the greatest country in the world, and we're a little spoiled, you know. Yeah. So yeah. when we we want it now, and we're used to getting it now, and when we can, we're like. But I want it now, yeah. you know, like we live in the Amazon world where you can order something and have it in two hours or the next day or whatever. Yeah. So when you don't have that instant gratification sometimes, you know, you, you kind of mentioned it before, you know, parents being able to enjoy some food, their kids are playing video games. Um, but I read in just like an article that was you know released when you guys like first opened. And I, I believe uh, you said it that it was it's it's about bridging the gap. Yeah. So what, I mean, what, what does that, what does that mean to you? So, yeah, like, uh, I, I think it's it, not only just for families, but like, even if they like could take a date here, like if you look around, you could say a, po a poster, like, especially with families, like you, uh, a father could say to his son, oh my God, uh, just for instance, like I'm looking at the wall right now, Captain Planet, like this was a cartoon I used to watch when I was younger. Yeah. It was about you know, saving the earth, which is a big thing right now with climate change. Yeah. And maybe the kid is like, oh my goodness, this is something I want to watch. Or, oh, uh, you know, Terminator, that's another movie I used to watch. Or look at Andre the Giant on the wall. That was like the big show of your yeah. day, you know? So, yeah. and even the video games, like you play Mario on your DS or whatever. The big, <laughs> the big thing is now, yeah, <laughs> this was the the eight bit Mario I used to play when I was younger. So it's that connection between you know, our generation of the 80s and 90s to today, which I feel like kids don't have the same appreciation of like us. We grew up in like I, I what I call the sweet spot of like the 80s of like right before like the technology age yeah. and our parents generation where we really appreciate 
the era before us and after us. And these kids today are like, what's the newest thing? What's the newest thing? So yeah. for them to come in here and be like, wow, this is all cool stuff and maybe learn a little something and like, uh, you know, pick up like, oh my goodness, what's this Clerks movie all about? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's for sure, it's an upgrade culture. Everything, just I woke up this morning and my iPhone had updated itself. Mm -hmm. That's just exactly. one of many ways that's like, as soon as something, the new piece of technology comes out. Exactly. And like, with the culture of that, we can get it so Like I was fast. saying, instant yeah. gratification. Instant like, gratification. We want the newest thing, the fastest thing. Like, yeah. I mean, like, Facebook's the old thing. I need I need Twitch or I need yeah. I need TikTok or whatever. I forget about Snapchat. I need to be on TikTok <laughs> now. You know, like that's for the old people. Yeah, exactly. Oh god, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I I like keeping to pretty much Instagram for episodes. I'll post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But yeah. besides that, you're gonna find me posting mostly on Instagram because it's it's the it's the visual and like it's it's either you know it's a picture or a video versus like i don't know just like everything with like tiktok believe is... me if i could have kept my top eight on myspace i would have you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah no i i so i appreciate definitely that whole the bridging the gap because growing up like as far as things i had in common with uh even just thinking specifically like my dad like my two biggest biggest interest before uh food became mm. uh, so big in my life were always uh film and music and for my dad it was always cars and music so we always had that realm of music that that was what we bonded over same thing for me like my, i i grew up uh my, my mother was a single parent and like the reason why all of this stuff is is because my mother she exposed me to all of these movies mm -hmm. all of this music all of these tv shows and like that's what's so cool about now. We work together here. Yeah. So like we bridged the gap and created this place. If it wasn't for her, this wouldn't exist, you know? So like, that's the cool thing about it as well. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, you grew up obviously, like you said, even in your home, in your family's different restaurants working together. But now, I mean, this is, this is your place and and your mom is, you know, like helping you out and everything like that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I read what, like that she also obviously like makes like some of the, you know, the sauces and everything like that. Yeah, she like fresh sauce made daily. Yeah. You know, you, you got to have it, you know, like you want fresh ingredients, you want fresh product. And like I can make it good, but like there's nothing like the original. You know? It's mom's. Yeah. Mom's like, and grandma's. And that's why on the menu you know, it's called mom's gravy because yeah. that's exactly what it is. You're getting the <laughs> authentic experience. You know? Yeah. So and it's and it's good working together. That's not, not the. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's it, days. There's days. It's it's family. You know, so that's you're gonna have you're gonna have rough days, but. You get through it. You it's know? family, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, and then so you're also your um, your friend, one of your like oldest friends. He's your business partner, right? Yeah, he uh, uh, actually he he was my business partner, but he got an opportunity to, um, to move. He's out in Ohio now. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, he stepped away, but he did help you know me come up with the the design of the place and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Okay. So he gets a lot of the credit as well. Gotcha. I can't say that. I, I can't take all the credit. You know? So, I mean, you know, friends, friends talk like I like I said, like I had that podcast with one of my best buds and that came from us just always talking. And then we finally were like, yeah, let's might as well record conversations. So when did it become like, you, you know, you guys were or buddies and when did it become like, let's open up this place? 
So uh, me and Billy always were doing creative stuff together. So like um, he, like you, was like in the film industry. Okay. Um, uh, we used to have a podcast. We used to do like a wrestling podcast, but he, he also did film. And my one buddy, Mike, w was in the wrestling business. And we used to film like his wrestling promotion. And we were working like on like an animated cartoon series or whatever. When I got the op opportunity to open this place, I knew how good he was with graphic design and stuff like that. I said, hey, man, like I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you want to be interested in being like a little bit of a partner? He said yes. And, and we, when I came up with the idea of the place, and it just steamrolls from there because like we grew up he's a little younger than me so he was more of like late 90s late 80s early 90s stuff like that so that we brought all of that together and you get what you see when you come into some culture you know yeah, yeah. so we were able to bond over that stuff and we love all of this stuff you know so, so it's a good it's a good blend of all the the, the founding personalities in here yeah of course you know I mean, even his old stuff in here, like from my mom's era, like we have like the Beatles, the Who, and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I love Lucy. That's like some of her favorite stuff. Yeah. And like uh, his mom's favorite stuff was like she liked, you know, Marilyn Monroe. I could see over here, and she liked Harry Potter. So we have that. Like I'm a big Harry Potter fan too, but like we had to have some stuff that reflected his parents, my family, stuff like yeah. that. So like, and that's and that's what I mean. Obviously, it's influential in your own lives but then you see stuff that is influential to one another in the pop culture in the movie sense mm -hmm. like movies that i mean obviously just even seeing the whiz poster that mm -hmm. is obviously the wizard of oz and then there's just so many stories that are wizard of oz or the, the, the hero's journey i mean yeah. just seeing that the karate kid and now there's a hit you know yeah cobra ne kai yeah cobra kai yeah. and just like how like that show I've got a friend um, who's got a, oh, he's got a like 15, 16 year old son or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said to uh, him, I'm like, have you guys ever watched Karate Kid? And he's like, eh, I don't know if he'd be like, maybe I should have shown him to when he was like a little younger. I don't know if you'd think that would be kind of cool now. I'm like, watch Cobra Kai together. Yeah. And then, and that was, that was bridging the gap. Yeah, it's funny because like, uh, my uncle and uh, my cousin, he showed her Cobra Kai and then she was into that. And he's like, all right, now let's watch yeah. the Karate Kid original trilogy. And she was into that. So like stuff like that does help, you know, like yeah. if they do update it a little bit, they could watch that and like, oh, this is new, this is cool. Like, all right, now check this out, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, you grew up in this city and the food scene is expanding how how is it in a in a community sense? Are you talking with other business owners, especially during these times? Are you are you working with other people, or are you just you keeping up to date with what other restaurants or what other people are doing? I mean, I just think the the like I said, like back in the day, owners were like rough and tough, and they were like real competitive. Like, yeah. but today, I think it's people are nicer. Like. Uh, the owner from Cryo Ice Cream comes in here. I'm good friends with the people who own Left Bank Burger Bar. Mm -hmm. The owner of Ani Ramen comes in here. I eat at all the places around here. I know the guy that owns Freetown Road. Yeah. So like I know the people that own Gringos. So like you just know everybody in the community. So it makes it easier. You're not really competing. You want, everybody wants everybody to succeed. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Everybody lifts each other up. Like. And I think social media kind of helps in that way because like you're sharing posts, you're commenting, you're liking, 
and that's really exposing the community to everybody else you yeah. know that follows their page or whatever yeah know? and if people people love subculture and they know you and they see you liking something and you know by you know by liking something you're you're suggesting it you're giving you a, a stamp, stamp of approval, approval. Yeah. exactly yeah and so i think that's a big help because i mean there definitely still is obviously uh competition these days but it's a little it's a little weird like i know in the uh, talking with people uh uh with a, i don't know if you know brant of departed souls he's a tap yeah, yeah yeah I, i've i've worked with them like over yeah. WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. I hooked up with them through um, the Thirsty Quaker. They were delivering beer here because we're BYOB. Gotcha. So, Which is, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Another great thing for parents if they want to come here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, if you don't want to go down on pedestrian walkway and spend uh, whatever it is now, $70 for a drink, yeah. you can come here with a six pack and have a sandwich or whatever. You know? Yeah and relax but i know in the uh, you know in the brewery world it's i mean besides new jersey has some ridiculous laws as far as like them holding events and stuff like that you definitely get like the old school bar scene that's just like oh we don't you know like kind of like not muscling them but uh, you know like saying like oh we don't want like a we don't want another brewery or a brewery but it's just like I, i i think right now it's such a people are no pun intended hungry and there's such a supply and demand Mm -hmm. that you do have you know if like you said the pedestrian like walkway Mm -hmm. there and you just kind of it it has almost more of a european vibe now like when i'm when when you walk Mm -hmm. through a lot of european countries it's just i I don't want it to become this but everyone's like holding out a menu and trying to like Mm -hmm. come in come in come in uh but like you have options and if places, especially now because it's limited seating and stuff like that, it's great to have options. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I in, in a sense, I feel like we could take a, a, a cue from New York City as like they're going to keep their parklets and stuff forever now. Yeah. And even when it comes to like liquor, their liquor licensing, they have like a beer and wine license where you pay a thousand dollars instead of having BYOB could have beer and wine and then there's you know stores could sell it and like you have your other restaurants would sell the hard liquor or whatever and and everybody has business you know yeah here in new jersey there's the one congressman i forget his name who's trying to pass that through now because a lot of byob byob businesses are going out of business they're hurting so he's trying to pass through the beer and wine mm-hmm. license in oh, new okay. jersey I didn't know that. Yeah. and if that goes through, the people that have the liquor license, they might be upset because liquor licenses in New Jersey are oh, uh, cost tons of money, but they'll get like a tax break or something to, to make okay, up yeah. the difference. But again, in New York, it works for everybody. Everybody's making money. So something like that and could work. I mean, taking the New York City model with the beer and wine license, the parklets and making it like you said, like, the European or like yeah. South American vibe where you have the little cafes outside and stuff. It makes it cool. Like New Jersey city is on the rise, like New York city or Brooklyn, like the gentrification part and like the pricing, maybe that has that aspect of it has to come down. Yeah. So it makes it affordable for like the Jersey city residents that have been here for years, mm-hmm. like, because they're getting priced out. Like that's the one drawback of the plan that the mayor has. So like maybe that's something we have to focus on. But if we could do that and keep the plans for the restaurants where you could succeed in that way with the parklets and 
the beer and wine license and stuff like that, it would be great, you know? Yeah, I think I read that, like, for instance, uh, you know, you already had the pedestrian walkway here on, on Newark Ave, but, you know, how they closed off half of Grove. Mm -hmm. I think they're keeping that. I think they... I, I don't know if it's permanent, but I think they'll keep it throughout the winter. Oh, okay. And I know they... Um, up on Newark Avenue, which is like Little India, or whatever, yeah, yeah. they made that into a pedestrian walkway as well on the one side of Newark Avenue. So, I mean, they're expanding it, and like even up in the Heights, like they have parklets now, and people are building them. And, yeah. And like I said, it's 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 growing from the base of downtown. Like a lot of people, that, that was the big gripe that you're only focusing on downtown, nothing else. But now it's spreading out throughout the city because. There's no more room down here. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, uh, that your family had that one spot on on Pacific in mm -hmm. Greenville. I mean, over there, they're building movie studios. They but 902 yeah. Brewing uh, is over there. Corgi Distillery mm -hmm. is over there. That whole, like, off of Communipaw, that's also next to, like, obviously just there being so many places to eat on Newark mm -hmm. Ave. Like, some of my favorite places over there between... Pinwheel, uh, mm -hmm. Morty's, uh, yeah. Harry's daughter. Yeah, there's uh, a couple of cool places. Yeah, right on, um, Communipaw. Uh, yeah, Communipaw. Yeah. Yeah, and but just then, like like I said, with the, I mean, the fact that uh, I think like they're definitely building the one right now, but another one is going to be over there. But like movie studios, that's going to be huge. You're yeah, because they're building the big one in Liberty State Park, right? It's to, like right, like right, like west of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I think they're building that other, uh, was, was it Tech city is like that other thing mm -hmm. that they're building for, you know, for, uh, kids, you know, science students pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and you get like a grant to go there and all that stuff. So the city is building, but is I can only imagine. Building like, um, it's like, um, the, the farm that's like, uh, that oh, up. I think the mayor is talking about, yeah. that. I forget what it is, it's, it's called, but I think that's there. Yeah. That's pro I mean, that's the most spaces down mm -hmm. there because that's also like, I'm happy to see at least the, the movie studio going there. Well, for a couple of reasons. I mean, I remember all the not, you know, now it's a while ago, but when Scorsese wanted to shoot Boardwalk Empire, he wanted to shoot mm -hmm. it in like in AC or like right around AC because, authenticity you got the beach right mm -hmm. there but the state wasn't giving them the tax breaks yeah. that would you know didn't I give mean, the incentive new jersey was the original hollywood in their yeah. early days of film yeah you know and, uh, I mean? fort lee new yeah. jersey that's so, i mean if we could bring that back and i mean jersey city is known for the arts i mean it was on the ballot this year to make yeah. an arts uh tax you know to, yeah. so we could have the program which i think is good for like the kids and just the community as a whole you know definitely you have embrace to, it you know yeah you have to support the arts and that just makes one more like there there should be i mean we're not far from white eagle hall and then you have some bars i mean fm closed yeah. you have to be of some bars that you know you can go see some live music but still there isn't like you know while we're not far from NJ Pack in Newark, there should be, you know, I mean, should be much more music. Definitely I mean, in Jersey yeah. City. I mean, White Eagle Hall was was a big get. Like I've been there for a couple of shows, and, yeah, and it's a great experience. I mean, like you usually you would have to drive down down the shore to like say a Starland Ball yeah. and to see like a Newfound Glory or a State <laughs> yeah. Champs who yeah. I've seen over there. And like I said during WrestleMania weekend, like they had. It was at the Meadowlands, but they had shows running all weekend there. Like, and that's another cool thing, you know. Yeah. Like, it's just something for like the community to do. And you need places like that, and there should be more places like that. Oh, for know? sure. I mean, uh, Joker. A lot of the scenes were filmed here in Jersey City. Yeah. And so, like, you look at you know, people don't understand this, but 
So, you know, that was shooting on Jersey. Uh, Spielberg was shooting the new West Side Story in Patterson. Mm -hmm. But then all of those, any of the interior scenes, those are all sets for the most part. And then those sets are in Brooklyn or in Queens because around here, yeah. that's like the two, the, the biggest studios are in there. And then from there, then like, I know like South Carolina has, a, uh, you know, big production scene, mm -hmm. New Orleans and Atlanta, and then obviously out like yeah. out west in Hollywood. But if you had these studios in Jersey City, you would have kept it all yeah. of that money in Jersey. And back in the day, you thought the Sopranos used to film a little bit in Jersey City, like uh, yeah. in the, the cemetery right by Dickinson. Yeah. Um, they did a, a scene on Central Avenue uh, in Congress, um, and you thought maybe that would get it rolling, but we were just not there yet because yeah. that was maybe oh, now. 15 years ago, 20 Even more years 20, ago. Yeah. 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 So we weren't there yet, but that got people thinking maybe, you know, and now all of these years later and you have a movie like The Joker that's, yes. you know, nominated for all of these. Yeah, he wins Best stuff. Actor. Yeah. yeah. I mean. So, I mean, yeah, with all that space down there and it's, you know, you know, some, some of it's closed down. Or some of it's just like kind of like hold, you know, like trucks will, you know, you got Elizabeth's shipyard. So mm -hmm. you just keep your the packages there and it's just kind of like a little bit of a hub. But no one's really, you know, making things anymore. Mm -hmm. So it'll be nice instead of building uh, all these luxury condos that are going up everywhere that they actually they're building something that's making something. Exactly. That's yeah. that's something that every city you can't just keep building places for people to live and then the work is because then they're everyone's paying taxes because they work in the city yeah like i used to work for um when i was teaching um the boys and girls club so they knocked all boys and girls club down and when they built one of the new buildings mm -hmm. they built the boys and girls club inside one of those buildings it would be cool if they when they made some of these buildings even on um christopher columbus now they're building a building with a school inside of it so like it'd be cool if they when they built some of these buildings oh there is a movie studio in yeah. here or there's an art studio for the community to use something like that instead of like it's just a building for people to live like you said you know yeah that for sure well with film on the mind it wouldn't be foodie films if we didn't talk a couple of famous food scenes oh yeah you gave me a list of some of your favorite films goodfellas ghostbusters rushmore the jerk mall rats all fantastic films mm -hmm. i would specifically love to talk uh a scene from mall rats and a scene from the jerk mall rats because hey we're both jersey boys yeah and it, i mean it's it's kevin smith and Kevin Smith is God in Jersey, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, and then the jerk because, well, the late great Carl Reiner. Yeah. Uh, so, but let's let's start out with uh, Mall Rats. So, the, this, I mean, Mall Rats in general to you and Kevin Smith. What what does that mean? I mean, to me, I mean, Kevin Smith is my favorite uh, writer director, mm -hmm. and. Um, Mallrats was the first Kevin Smith movie I was exposed okay, to, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it was 95. I was 10, 11 years old when I seen it. And I was like, this is like a movie I've never seen before. Like the way they talk, the way they're acting, like who is this Silent Bob and, and Jay and Silent Bob, you know? And uh, it's my first exposure to Jason Lee, who is one of my favorite actors of all time. I just think he's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, seeing ben, uh, young Ben Affleck in the yeah. movie, which is crazy to see, you know? And it's just a fantastic movie like i i think personally and it captures the jersey of the early 90s like what are you doing in jersey you're going to the mall yeah know? that culture yeah for, you know i mean jersey tends to be uh a punchline in a lot of things yeah but, but so i feel like people somewhat know i mean and obviously because of the movie mall rats but like malls in new jersey like and even i mean i know he's from like 
central, you know, mm. South Jersey, like that area. But like up in North Jersey, just between the Garden State Plaza, Paramus Park, the Bergen mm. Mall. I mean, you just had you know, obviously over here. You have Newport. Yeah, uh, you had Hudson Mall back yeah, in the Hudson, day, yeah. which isn't as big today or whatever. Like if you're from New Jersey, if you're not at a mall, you're at a diner. Like you can't <laughs> you can't go a mile without hitting a mall or hitting yeah. a diner. You know, like, and most likely, for, you know? most likely after you went to the mall, you went to a diner. So yes, <laughs> but that's true. I mean, mall culture. That's what I mean. Just. I mean, once I was in, you know, in high school, it's like either you had your parents drop you off or you rode your bikes. Or once we got our licenses, you went to the mall and you just, you just walked around. Yeah. It was like you and then old people getting exercise. <laughs> and yeah, and the, the beauty of like that movie, you get to see some of like the old school stores. Yeah. Like, you know, so like, and it's, it's just the nostalgia factor yeah. of it. Like if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And the the specific scene, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to play the clip and then we'll talk about it, but it's them debating uh the the whole the food court so mm -hmm. we'll play that clip and then we'll talk about it it's impossible lois could never have superman's baby do you think her fallopian tubes could handle this sperm i guarantee he blows a load like a shotgun right through her back what about her womb do you think it's strong enough to carry his child sure why not he's an alien for christ's sake his kryptonian biological makeup is enhanced by earth's yellow sun if lois gets a tan the kid could kick right through her stomach only someone like Wonder Woman has a strong enough uterus to carry his kid. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. How's it I go from the verge of hot Floridian sex with Brandy to man of still coital debates with you in the food court? Kyrgyzstan is not part of the food court. Well, of course it is. The food court is downstairs. The cookie stand is upstairs. It's not like we're talking quantum physics here. The cookie stand counts as an eatery. The eateries are part of the food court. Bullshit. Eateries that operate within the designated square downstairs qualify as food court. Anything outside of said designated square is considered an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacking. Now, if you're going to wax intellectual about the subject... I mean, that's a, J Jason Lee in, in this film is just so great. Mm -hmm. He's just so opinionated. I can definitely relate to him. Yeah. And just that whole, like, the, you know, what, Br Brody and... Uh, T.S.? T.S., yes. And T.S., I mean, T.S. says that one thing about just like how they're in the food court and yeah. just, yeah. No, no, we're not. That's, yeah. this is the, the cookie stand isn't part of the food court. And I, I tend to agree with Brody because like... I do as well, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, to an extent, like especially at that time. So like if you hit like a cookie stand or like the Wetzel's pretzels yes. or something like that, you know. A Cinnabon. A Cinnabon. Those are like snacking things, but like... Sometimes, like, the Sabaro was outside yeah. the food yeah. court. So, like, what do you do? Something like that, you know? But I, I would lean towards the side of Brody. And what's funny about Jason Lee during that time, like, he was known more as, like, a skateboarder at the time and not an actor. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it, which is crazy. Like, that's one of his first movies and how good he was in the, the part, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, just uh, it was recently the 20th anniversary of Almost Famous, and that mm -hmm. was like he. I listened to a, a podcast where they talked with a bunch of the actors. Fever dog, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was just like, "Oh, I owe my acting career to Kevin Smith." Like yeah. that's just like it's really like that movie. There wasn't much else besides like that movie and yeah. a few other things. That... And I mean, like his chemistry with Sharon Doherty, which oh, was yeah. great, and like and hearing that like 
more Reds 2 is going to come out and they're bringing back the whole original cast, yeah. which is kind of cool, you know. Like, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that, that whole scene is good. Even like they're talking about like uh, Superman and Lois Lane having the baby, you know. <laughs> and even though the lead in with like William looking at the, the, the photo trying to see the schooner, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that whole thing. So there's a lot of classic so parts, you know. Oh, yeah. And even uh, we won't go into it, uh, yeah. but uh, but. Chocolate pretzels, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the film, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. So then The Jerk. I mean, The Jerk is just one of like the greatest comedies. Talk about something that uh, influences so many. I mean, Steve Martin, directed by Carl Reiner. It, it, it's yeah. just masterful comedy that I think is still like it, 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 you know, it holds up. And it's just something that I'm sure has bridge the gap for many generations dad showing it to their sons mother yeah. showing it to their daughters you know i mean uh like it's one of my all-time favorite movies i mean i, I you got it, the poster right behind yeah, you yeah <laughs> i mean as far as comedies go it's a classic like yeah. when him and um dave gottlieb wrote the movie he mm-hmm. wrote the screenplay for jaws or whatever like their main thing was like they wanted a joke a page like yeah. that was like their big thing you know and like Bernadette Peters, who's like his co-star in a the movie, they're going out at the time. That's why their chemistry is so good. And she's just so great oh, in yeah. general. And and the scene that we're going to talk about is their, their yeah. chemistry is oh, amazing. Yeah. You know? yeah, let's play that scene. I think I actually like I, I posted it uh, the d- uh, day uh, Carl Reiner passed. But yeah, let's uh, let's R.I.P. Carl Reiner. R.I.P. Let's play it and we'll talk about it. Would Monsieur care for another bottle of the Chateau Latou? Ah, uh, yes, but no more 1966. Let's splurge. Bring us some fresh wine, the freshest you've got this year's. No more of this old stuff. Oui, monsieur. He doesn't realize he's dealing with sophisticated people here. Marie, now just stay calm. Stay calm. Just don't look down. Don't look down. Look up. Just keep your eyes up and keep them that way, okay? Waiter. There are snails on her plate. Now get them out of here before she sees them. Look away. Just look away and keep your eyes that way. You would think at a fancy restaurant like this, at these prices, you would be able to keep the snails off the food. There's so many snails in there, you can't even see the food. Now take them away and bring me those melted cheese sandwich appetizers you talked me out of. Oui, monsieur. You believe this? First, they didn't have the bamboo umbrellas for the wine, and now snails on the food. Two boobs. That's what he takes us for. I mean, bring us some fresh wine. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is the epitome of, like, this scene. Like, if you watch it, you're like, oh, okay. I, I, I get it. Yeah. I get what this character is. I get the overall story. And just, like, well, like sometimes I go, is the jerk the perfect name? But I think jerk is kind of like... Cha- Jerk just used to meant like kind of like schlub and you mm-hmm. know like uh, to go in some Yiddish just, like schlumiel. He's just like, like the naive guy out yeah. in the world, man. Yeah. And like I don't want any of this old wine, this nineteen sixty four wine. <laughs> Bring me this new All wine. The fresh stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of place is this? You yeah. don't have fancy umbrellas for the wine, right? He says. <laughs> and then just the the absolute the him and Bernard appears as he said, and just her reaction, just like don't look at the plate. Yeah, the and snails. She's like, There's yeah. snails on her plate. Just the total not knowing and just like that yeah. juxtaposition of classy restaurant, classless people. Yeah. It's just 
just such good comedy. And like I said, like when they wrote it, like a, a laugh a page, how many laughs are in that one scene in general? You know what I mean? Such a quotable movie. So many laughs. I mean, that's what also just looking right behind you. I mean, now it's an older film, but Talladega Nights. Like, yeah. like those Will Ferrell, Adam McKay movies talk about just like quotable movies. Yeah. And I mean, and, and just like Steve Martin's physical humor. Oh, his physical, like it's everything. It's, it's it's you know funny with words funny with visual gags it's, it's everything and just like he's so versatile like singing dancing comedy and he could be like a serious actor all in this one movie like uh yeah what's the song he plays to bernadette peters on the ukulele you know oh, um, yeah i forget the name of it but uh yeah so like even in within the movie like you have this serious scene in the middle of a comedy movie you know yeah. like and again, it just shows his versatility and like their connection in the movie, and it gets you that much more invested in it. And then when you get to a scene like the you know the dinner scene, and you're invested <laughs> in their relationship at that point, and you know these characters, it just makes it all that much more funnier. Yeah. Oh man, such such good movies. That's uh, the yeah the day Carl Reiner passed. I uh, and mind you, this you know during the pandemic, but. Um, I, I was like, I, I just, I watched this movie. I even watched, like, he was on with uh, Mel Brooks and uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Uh, having Mel Brooks. And... Yeah, just, yeah. And the, the one of the, I, I tried to honor their memory because they would just have, like, soup and sandwiches together. Mm. I uh, drove into the city. I went to Katz's and I got a pastrami sandwich and mm. I watched The Jerk. And I was just like, I'm just trying yeah. to <laughs> just channel that, like, that thank you and just, like, everything that, like, he did in the world of comedy and film yeah i mean and tv so many things so many things i I can't even think of so many so many things he was in but like him and mel brooks i mean what a comedy duo yeah dick van dyke show i mean yeah yeah just amazing well last but not least we have a little speed round of questions it's called gut instinct so it's just whatever comes to your mind first okay these questions, foodies, these will be a little out of order. I brought the wrong notepad today and just had to call Danielle asking them what they are. All right. So here we go. Favorite fast food? Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Nice. Uh, go-to drink. Uh, go-to alcoholic beverage. Alcoholic beverage? Yeah. Um, corona. Ah, okay. In the middle of Corona. <laughs> <laughs> I was... very, are you a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise? Um, a little <laughs> bit. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I was, That's what Dominic Toretto was I was saying... Um, during Halloween, if you didn't have a Corona party, but just serving <laughs> Corona, you were out of touch. You know? Favorite childhood snack? Um, fruit roll-up. Nice. Very, very, very nineties that I'm into. Yeah. We grew up in such a great time of snacks. Yeah, like you were like shark bites, like the, oh, those yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is the last thing you ate? Uh, the last thing I ate, I had. Um, Penne sausage and broccoli rob last night for dinner. It's a good Italian meal. Sweet or savory? Uh, sweet. Favorite food city can be, you know, you can do domestic and international. Or... Um, I would say New York City. Okay, yeah. Favorite cuisine? Italian. I feel like you're obligated to say that. Uh, if, if, I, if, if I had to pick something else. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say like Spanish nice. food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Guilty pleasure food. What food are you eating that you're like, ah, oh, man, 
at or are you just you know indulging in that you're like maybe i should what am i indulging in that maybe i shouldn't um i think i have too many sweet foods <laughs> too many sweets too much sour too much sour candy mm -hmm. what's your favorite condiment favorite condiment ketchup nice. or hot no hot sauce i change it sorry <laughs> but if it's good instincts i'll go with ketchup keep the first answer what would be your last meal my last meal would be pizza nice do you have a favorite spot in jersey city um favorite spot in jersey city pizza master up on central avenue yeah um downtown i like delenio's and um john's of bleaker in new york city nice. or Toro's in new york city as well do you prefer to be cooking at home like eating at home or you know dining out um cooking at home and what would be your last meal my last meal it would be Pizza. Pizza? Yeah. Yeah. That would be my last meal. Pizza and some Corona? Pizza, some Corona, yeah. <laughs> and uh, your spirit food. What food do you think best embodies you? Could be, you know, could you say, I, I, I say sandwich, but then I go into mm -hmm. specifics for me. So anything you like. Um, I would have to say probably like spaghetti and meatballs. That's the essence of my my life <laughs> <laughs> with mom sauce yeah exactly exactly uh in a world where we're going to the movies what kind of snack are we having uh i'm classic popcorn and soda popcorn soda yeah. and last but not least uh a great lesson you've learned when it comes to food um mistakes happen you know all right yeah. no nobody's perfect you know mistakes happen <laughs> Nick, can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been fun talking. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast, man. Really fun. Please, for the foodies right now, uh, tell them where they can find you, you know, social media-wise and obviously location of your store. Uh, yeah, so Subculture is located in downtown Jersey City at 260 Nork Avenue. Um, and you could follow us at SubcultureJC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome. We have a little uh, catchphrase to end every episode. It's there's more to cut. Something my grandmother always says when a plate is getting empty. Mm -hmm. So if you wouldn't mind telling the foodies out there that there's more to cut. There's more to cut. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a